Hi, everyone. This is Pastor Prince Nyako, resident pastor of Caris Temple ICGC. Today, I bring you a sure word and Caris word. I pray it becomes a blessing to us. Pay attention, get your friends, share the page, comment, and let us hear from you. Where you are listening from, let's hear from you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know your word is already anointed and is already blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I'm sharing on the subject the power of obedience. The power of obedience. Let's get into the word. God rewards his children when they obey an instruction he gives to them through his word. There is always a reward that comes from God to his children when they obey instructions, commandments, his leadings through the word of God. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 gives us a very, very profound statement or or scripture from God. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the best of the land. You shall eat the flourishing portion of the land. If If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The Bible didn't say, if you are good, you eat the good of the land. No, the Bible said, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. The key word here is if. It changes the whole thing. If. The promises of God are always often conditional. They are not absolutely standing on themselves. Every promise of God is Tied to a certain prerequisite. It's tied to a certain condition. Follow the teaching. The promises of God are offered to everyone at a free cost. We didn't provoke God to promise. He sovereignly, he willingly gave a promise. So the promises of God are on the shelves for everyone to access And that is the free aspect of it. But only those who meet the preconditions of a particular promise will eventually realize the promise in their own personal lives. If you are obedient, you will eat the best of the land. If you are obedient, you will eat the best of the land. If you are not obedient... You won't necessarily eat the best of the land. You may eat a certain portion of the land. You may have a certain leverage, but the best portion is reserved for those who will be willing and those who will be obedient to God's word. Can I hear a big amen? It is a cause cause and effect condition that exists from Genesis to revelations. And look, child of God, if you don't take this word as it is and you try to twist it, you will walk in the kingdom wishing for things and never have anything. It's a cost and effect condition between our willingness to do something and God's willingness to bless. When we are willing to do, God is willing to bless. When we are willing to do, we discharge on our lives 
the content of God's blessings. John, let me show you something. Every promise of God comes with a condition. And this will shock you. Even our salvation comes with a condition. You will need to meet the condition to be saved. Pastor, is it true? Yes, I will show you. John 3.16. A very popular scripture. If you don't know how to quote it, you are in trouble. But I still want to read it. I like reading. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Salvation is for whosoever believes. It's for the man who will believe. Salvation is available for all men, but it is for the man who will believe. Is that not a condition? Every promise of God has a prerequisite. Every promise of God is tied to a commandment. Every promise of God is tied to an instruction. Every promise of God is tied to a precondition. So if you don't believe, you can't be saved. Though the blood has been shed. Though salvation has been made available unto all men. Though the light has shone on all men. If you don't believe in the Son of God, you cannot be saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Let's see the powerful work that Jesus did on the cross for us. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Salvation is available, but it's only for those who will believe. Those who will believe. That is the condition. He said, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So the promise is for. (laughs) The promise is for you, your children, and everyone whom the Lord will call unto The promises of God are laid up for those who are called by God. So, God did not promise by the demand of man. But man places a demand on the word or the promise that has been made. By keying to the condition. By keying to the condition that has been tied to the promise. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So that is God's desire for every man, the most cruel man, the most wicked man, the most unlike man. God has this plan for him. The only condition is on the condition, is on the foundation upon which he can access eternal life is when he can believe, when he will believe, and when he shall believe. God shows us the salvation and subsequent gift of the Holy Spirit as free gifts that God offers to everyone. God offers the gift of everlasting life 
Because he loves those he has created and he loves the world. That is God's eternal plan for mankind. But a man must believe in Christ for everlasting life to be given to him as a gift. Obedience. Say obedience. Nobody is saved automatically. You must meet a condition. And that condition is whosoever believes in me will not perish. There is an escape from death. There is an escape from perishing. But the only condition a man needs to access is when he can believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody must do something first to activate the gift of eternal life. Yeah. You must hear the word, believe it. Then when you believe it and receive it, you receive eternal life. There is a condition to every promise of God, no matter the angle you look at. You must believe in Christ Jesus to possess eternal life. That is the condition. You must intentionally, yeah, I like that version. You must intentionally receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, submitting your will, submitting your life, and submitting your future into his hands. John chapter 1, verse 12. John 1, 12. But to you all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. But to all who did receive him, that means some people did not receive him, and who believed in his name, it means some people didn't believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Salvation is activated through faith in Christ Jesus. There is a prerequisite of a man if he will enter into the promises of God. God so loved the world, but what is good about him loving the world if the world does not respond to his love? We must respond to the love the Lord has shown to us. Then we receive from him what he has packaged for us freely. Freely. But we must meet the condition. We must believe in the name. We always have to do something to activate the promises of God. In the case of forgiveness, we see the requirement. If you want God to forgive you your sins, there is a condition. It's not just confessing your sins. Scripture explains scripture. So, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need to connect it to other scriptures that talks about the forgiveness of sins from the Father. There is a condition you need to meet in order to enjoy forgiveness. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse number 14 to 15. It's only God that determines whether a man has met a condition or not. 
It's not in the power of man to judge another man. But in the sight of God, he has stated it in his word. And his word will not be broken. Every promise of God, I repeat, is tied to a commandment, an instruction, and a condition. If you will be a strong Christian, if you will benefit from the kingdom, if you will become a disciple that reflects the very nature of Christ Jesus, you got to get to know, you got to come to the point where you must know that every promise of God is tied to a commandment. The Bible said, for if you forgive others their trespasses, is that not a condition? Child of God, talk to me. For if, the, these are the words of Jesus. So I have a problem with some of the grace preachers. There is nothing wrong with the message of grace. But sometimes when the preachers take the message of grace, they chip in it, they dilute it, whether to please people, whether to sound deep, whether to sound mysterious. But let's go to the word. Take the word as it is. The Bible said, Jesus said, if you forgive others their trespasses, it's a condition. It's a condition. Your heavenly father will also forgive you. So the condition upon which you can have the forgiveness of sins from the father is when you have forgiven your neighbor who has offended you. Else your, your confession is nullified by your refusal to release someone who offended you. Look at the verse 57. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses. If, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither, neither, no matter the, the, the emotional state of our confessions, if we don't forgive others, the Bible said by the words of Jesus in the Bible, not an apostle, Jesus himself, he said if you do not forgive Others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Am I blessing you, somebody? In the case of prosperity, all of us want to be rich. Everybody wants to get money. Everybody wants to live comfortable. But there's a condition. He said, in the case of prosperity, we have to open our own floodgates. You have to open your own heavenly floodgates of blessings by souring or showing generosity towards the kingdom and towards others. You have your own storehouse. You have your own floodgates of heaven. You have the pot. A portion of the floodgates of heaven has been allocated to you or allotted to you. And you need to open it. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Am I blessing somebody? Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Look at how God blesses us. Give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Is that not a condition? That means if you don't give, it will not be given to you. Good measure. Follow the reading. Press down. Shaking together, running over, will be put into your lap. 
The lap, when you put something on your lap, it talks about ownership. It talks about property. So you see, children are put on their laps. It, 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 it talks about you are in full control. It becomes your possession. It means that in good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, will men give unto you. For with their measure. So every promise of God. So though Jesus is saying good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, will men give unto you. He gives a further explanation to that. So my blessing may differ from yours. Your blessing may differ from me based on the conditions you operated in. He said, for with this measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Hallelujah. God's word is sure. Listen to me, child of God. You cannot be careless in the kingdom. If you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow in the kingdom, child of God, listen to me. Stop entertaining yourself. Stop attending to entertainment services. And build yourself by following God, obeying his instructions. He said, with the same measure you give, it will be given back to you. So if you take a small bottle and you give, it will be in the sizes or the measures of this bottle that will be given back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. You can't compare your blessing to someone who gave in barrels. Now, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I said you must open your own open heavens. You must open your own floodgates. You must open your own windows of heaven. There is a window of heaven allocated to you. The Bible said, bring the full tight. I like the ESV version. Bring the full tight into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. That I will not open the windows of heaven for you. It was not a generalized command. It was not a generalized um, 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 promise. It is, it is universal, but it is customized on the man who meets the prerequisite. He said, you should bring all the tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby you put me to test and you will uh, and see if I, if I will not, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you. God calls individuals. He doesn't call a group. God deals with individuals. God called Abraham. God didn't call Abraham's family. He said, I will open. So be convicted, be convinced, be persuaded. Paul said, we are fully persuaded. When you are following God, you shouldn't be doubting. You must fully be persuaded. You must trust in the Lord. You must be fully persuaded in his word. He said, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. That means every need of your life will be met. So you connect this scripture to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It talks about trust. 
It talks about obeying. It talks about loyalty. It talks about commitment to the ways of the shepherd. Hallelujah. In the case of a victorious living, we must learn to walk in the spirit before we can see God's deliverance from the power of sin. You can be born again, but you will be, you, 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 you can be committed to sin. Though you are born again, there are many Christians in our churches, in our lives, in our communities who are not reflecting the very nature of Jesus. They are not reflecting the very nature of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are not bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We are not manifesting the gift of the Holy Spirit because of this reason. Because if you want to have, there is an ordained, ordained victorious life for everyone in Christ Jesus. Christ in you is the hope of glory. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Your ordination in destiny is to have a victorious life. But how do you have a victorious life? It's by walking and living in the spirit. It's by walking and living in the spirit. That is why you need to be convinced about what the spirit is leading you on. You will not sit down for people to educate you how to live in the kingdom of God. The scriptures are there for you to follow. Nobody should come and tell you, don't pay your tithe. That pastors who receive tithes are thieves. God forgive them. They don't know what they are talking about. Don't let anybody pollute your mind and dilute your convictions. That pastors are taking the monies of poor people. How much can a poor man give to church? Little, little. With those might put together, it's used to do something big. The glory covers everyone, rich and poor. The grace helps everyone. So he picks one from the pit and puts him on top of the hill. What are you talking about? You need to be convinced. We have seen poor people come to church and God transform them. We have seen hopeless people come to church and God gives them hope. We have seen same people drown in shame and pain and disgrace. They come to church and the glory of the Lord begins to shape them into the very image the Lord created them to be. Galatians chapter 5. I'm getting to the end of today's episode. What a message. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. He said, but I say, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. A man walking in the Spirit will have no time to attend to the lust of the flesh. Everybody experiences seasons of fleshly lust. No matter how anointed you are, you can be anointed and not walk in the spirit. So the Bible said that when, when any time a miracle is going to happen, they said, and they were filled with the spirit. You can be anointed and not momentarily walk in the spirit. There are many anointed folks who are living carnal lives because they are not walking. Walk. The Bible didn't say you walk in the spirit. It said walk. So walking in the spirit, what does it mean? It's a whole subject. I'm not dealing with it today. But it's a precondition if 
we will overcome the lust of the flesh, if we will overcome the desires of the flesh, we need to walk in the spirit, by the spirit, and with the spirit. Somebody shout a big amen. Now, update your status. Say, I will walk with the spirit, I will walk by the spirit, and I will walk with the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Share the page and invite someone. Hallelujah. We make God's promises effective in our lives when we do something to meet the requirements. Hallelujah. God's promises are free to all men, but they are only accessible, accessible to obedient men. God's promises, I repeat the last statement for this episode. God's promises are free, available for all men, but they are only accessible to obedient children. I want you to begin to pray to God that God give me the heart of obedience. Give me a heart of obedience. Some of us, the only reason you are where you are is that you easily disobey God. You easily go away from the ways of God. You, 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 you easily offend the Holy Spirit. And you don't even care to attend to the Spirit to direct you again. The good news is that anytime you fall, the helper, the Holy Ghost, is there to help us to rise up again. If only we want to rise up. And today, I came to show you a kingdom mystery. The power of obedience. I want you to begin to pray that God, give me a heart of flesh that will follow your leadings. Lift your voice and pray. Give me a heart that will obey your word. I want to be connected to the vine. I don't want to be a fruitless branch. I want to continue to be connected with the vine. Lord, help me obey it. Lord, give me the spirit, a compelling spirit to obey your word. In the name of Jesus, Rabobo Shahai. Anytime man disobeys God, he enters into a calamity. He enters into a state of emergency. He enters into a trouble, a trouble zone, a trouble infected zone. But you want to pray that God, I want to obey you by your word. I don't know where I stand before you, Lord. I know your spirit is in me. I know I am righteous in your sight because of the blood of Jesus. But God, I just don't want to be a child. I want to be a son you can give. Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. I want to be a son you can give to the nations. You can give to men. Oh God, I pray, give me a heart of obedience, a heart that will love and long to obey your word, to obey your leading. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for this your word. I pray that something will burn in us to pursue your ways all the days of our lives. And as we obey you, we know our way, our life, our year will be glorious. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed with every thanksgiving. Amen and amen. God bless you so much. I know you have been blessed. Don't miss the continuation of this message on Wednesday evening, exactly 7 p.m. It's going to be very, very constructive. We're going to end the series on Wednesday. Don't miss Carrie's word. If you want to give an offering, the, the Momo number is on the screen. It's your kingdom responsibility. Support the work of God and the Lord will be a blessing to you and your generation. God bless you. I'm Pastor Presnyakon, resident pastor of ICGC, the Carrie's Temple. God richly.
bless you. Bye-bye.